we are the men of the collective. Dedicated to restoring masculinity by being better men. To leading our sons, to loving our wives, to living our virtues, to improving the world around us with our daily effort. Not tomorrow or next week, but today. For this is our legacy. We are strong, but we are even stronger together. We are men, and we are the men collective. And we are the men collective. And we are the men collective. Hey everyone, it's your host Matt Gannon, and welcome to episode 23 of the Men Collective Podcast. As it's the new year, I think it's right that I try something a little different. As I post my articles, I'm going to start recording um, the audio versions. I know some of you prefer to listen to your content, and some prefer to read, so I figure I'll offer both. That way I get to reach the most men possible, and in a way that connects for them. So the American Psychological Association has released new guidelines for practice called the APA Guidelines for the Psychological Practice with Boys and Men. And of course, naturally, this has people in an uproar. Now, why is that? I think that it's new and it's an exciting topic, especially for uh, men in our field and and really men in general. It's kind of a really big deal. It's the APA. They have a massive uh, influence and these guidelines come from a credible source. And when you put all of those things together, it creates a very dangerous cocktail. It's been taken and it's been used however seen fit. And of course, the media is loving it. I want to read an excerpt from the guidelines that sort of illustrates the prevalent mindset behind these guidelines. Boys and men are diverse with respect to their race, ethnicity, culture, migration status, age, socioeconomic status, ability status, sexual orientation, gender identity, and religious affiliation. Each of these social identities contributes uniquely and in intersecting ways to shape how men experience and perform their masculinities which in turn contribute to relational, psychological, and behavioral health outcomes in both positive and negative ways. So what's the big deal about that? Well, when I read this, I think about the fact that men exist in a world where they don't really get to be men based on their social identities. This excerpt does not say that masculinity is different for every boy or man. It says that their capacity to perform their masculinities, and I put that in quotations, is shaped by a variety of factors which are different for every boy and man. And this is the crux of the issue. Men don't get to be men because of social variables, which do indeed shape mental health issues that further incapacitate men. There's this huge focus on masculinity as a social construct, when in reality, masculinity remains what it is and always has been. The social variables either enhance or hinder that masculinity, but the masculinity is always there and will always be there. The fact that masculinity is a social construct is dangerous and deadly. Unfortunately, the media and those people who would see us fail on our mission have taken these guidelines and they've used them as a a sort of definitive strike against men like you and I, those who are fighting to restore the good name of men and what we stand for. It's just more ammunition to fire against us. The guidelines are based around traditional masculinity as marked by, and this is their words, anti-femininity, achievement, Eschewal or eschewal, excuse my pronunciation, of the appearance of weakness and adventure, risk, and violence. Now they're saying that traditional masculinity is created by, by basically expectations that we have all collectively agreed upon. They're social constructs. And what they're saying is that traditional masculinity is harmful for men. Now I don't know about you, but I do not see achievement, adventure, or even calculated risk as damaging for men. And I'll address the whole anti-femininity thing uh, later on, because I have a problem with that too. 
these guidelines are essentially metal ore, if I can use an analogy here, that can be smelted down and turned into whatever you want. You take this ore, you, you turn it into bullets that you then can fire at us to try and do some serious damage, you know, go for the kill shot. Or you can turn it into structures that actually shelter and protect and build up men. I find that people are more concerned with, with damaging us through something that is actually meant to help protect men from being damaged. You know, the irony is not lost there. So what are the problems that this new publication can cause? Now, the guidelines and their attempt to be inclusive and contemporary will only serve to further polarize men from the world, from each other, and from their female counterparts. It will give the men who refuse to take personal responsibility an excuse to add to their arsenal. It's not their fault, it's everyone else's. Their problems are only going to be compounded and perpetual. This is a huge problem we have with men today. They don't want to take a responsibility for their life. They want to blame it on other people. Now, why? why? I think just because it's easy. It's uncomfortable to say, my life is the way it is, largely because of my own choices. Is there anything good that can come of this from these guidelines? I think so. I think that these guidelines uh, show that the world has taken notice. Men are suffering, and this is a step forward, in theory. I think that in the end, it will be a step forward, but in the interim, I don't know. Another good thing is that the APA's opinion on what masculinity is doesn't really matter. It doesn't actually change reality. Now, the APA does have immense influence within their realm, but in the end, what they're doing, what they're trying to do, is the same as what we are. Save men and ensure we have healthy, strong boys to take up the helm in the future. The how and the why is a gray area, but still, I think it's a good thing. The problem is all the other things surrounding it. Men are suffering, and so much so that these guidelines had to be created. Now, why is this, apart from the ways laid out in the APA? Men are desperate for guidance and direction in their life. It's really difficult to know, how do I be a man? What does that look like? Today's climate isn't really conducive for knowing these answers. Now, we have seemingly credible sources telling us we need to be softer and more effeminate. Masculinity is being suppressed. I want you to consider this. Those who stand to make money from this masculinity crisis want us weak and pathetic. Many men are scared, they're uncertain, and they're definitely lost. We feel inferior, we feel unworthy. So what do we do? We pull out our credit cards, we get our line of credit, we tap into our savings, and we buy manly products. This serves as a proxy for true masculinity. This dovetails so flawlessly with the current convenience culture that we live in. We think that we can buy the results of hard work and effort. People even think they can buy status by using credit cards, lines of credit, and loans, or their own money from their savings to spend on trophy items, nice cars, tech, fashion, etc. And then they flaunt it on social media. They say, look at me, I have money, I have things. I am worthy, I'm worth something. Look at my stuff, this proves it. All of this sounds like they're symptoms, the result of the problem. So what is the root of the problem? That is an excellent question. I've tried to tackle this in many different forms. I've come to the conclusion that men, as a generalization, they feel like they're not worthy of having the life they want for themselves or their families. They don't feel like they're deserving or good enough to succeed in the gym, within their careers, in the roles of husband, father, brother. Why is that? Men do not feel like they're worthy because they have a weak foundation on which to operate. In my article, Why You Can't Stick to Your Resolutions, I explain it like this. The daily habits that we have, good or bad, form the way we live our life. They're also the building blocks of our foundation, the strength we have to face life's challenges, the way we see ourselves, the way we treat others, our capacity to work toward our goals, our health, our relationships. It's our life and our capacity to improve it. Really, it's everything. If you're unhappy, drowning in debt, if you're uncomfortable in your own home, 
you hate your job, you're overweight, you're mean to your wife and your kids, you're isolated from your brothers, you're starving your kids of your physical or emotional availability, you have a poor foundation. Those are just some examples. The thing about foundations is they're meant to be a starting point. If you have a weak one, you can't carry on. You can try, but the weight of your desire is too great for the foundation you've built for yourself and it collapses. You'll be perpetually stuck in this limbo. You'll stop for a while, you'll get a burst of motivation, you'll try to build again, you'll go after those big goals because you think direct line, surefire thing, and then it's going to happen again and again and again. And every time, your spirit's going to die just a little bit more. You must do the small things well before you can move on. It is in this way you will build your self-worth and begin to move toward the life you desire. Most of that was an excerpt from that article. A poor foundation can ruin a man's life. It can cause him to go hard in the wrong direction. This leads to the traits attributed to toxic masculinity. It's a coping mechanism. It's a misguided act of compensation. Men must work to fix their foundation through their small, daily actions. That sounds simple, but it's very powerful. Like I said, it's everything. Build the foundation of your life on rock, not sand. Now what if men don't? What if men don't work to fix their foundations? What if the issues the APA is addressing, as well as, well as those by the Men Collective and other men's movements, are not resolved? What happens if we just continue to exist the way that we are right now today? If men do not work to fix their foundations, thereby existing in a static state of poor fitness, depression, and not able to fill their roles as men, then we're doomed. We are dooming our species to be weak, effeminate, and pathetic. We're meant to dominate the earth and be rulers of the land and sea. We rule nothing. We're at the mercy of our own weakness, our own fears, our flaws. If we're going to survive, if we want to advance, the world needs strong men. Physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual strength is required to save ourselves in innumerable situations. Think about natural disasters, emergency situations in everyday life, personal battles, and so much more. Even if we don't need to save ourselves from external factors for whatever miraculous reason, we do need to save ourselves from the personal hell we allow ourselves to exist in. I've experienced that hell personally. I'm very familiar with it, and I have a feeling you are too. Is it not much more effective to try to improve and strengthen the men themselves rather than their environment? Yes, of course, work on the environment in which the men suffering exist in, but also strengthen the men. This next part's important. Strengthen men in ways men are meant to be strengthened, not by trying to change them into something else entirely. A sword is strong because it's been tempered to make it so. You don't change the sword. You temper it. You put it through trial. You weaken it you harden it. You wouldn't try to weaken the armor of the enemy so the sword has an easier time penetrating. You strengthen the sword. You wouldn't try to weaken the force of a hurricane. You would fortify the structures. The problem is that men don't think they're worthy. The solution is that men need to work on their foundations. I'll be releasing many resources on how exactly men can do this. This podcast and the article that it's based on is meant to discuss the APA guidelines but I do have some resources available already and will certainly be releasing more. So here's some further thoughts on the nature of mankind. Some things I wanted to address that didn't quite fit in elsewhere, but they're very important. So yes, there is sexism. There is abuse of power, misogyny, rampant violence, homicide, crime, suicide. There always has been. It's not right, but it is natural. And I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but all of those things are natural. If it was not, humans would not be able to experience it. I'm not the only one who thinks this. Someone by the name of Marcus Aurelius would agree with me. If it was not natural, humans would not be able to experience it. It might be uncommon or deviant by our own collective standards, sure. But as far as biologically, it is natural for both men and women. Improper handling of the influence on the development of our youth warps and twists them into those who display these things. 
a common misconception of men's pages like ours is that we're against women. That's so far from the truth. Women have a very important role in our species. Women are necessary. Just because we're fighting for the development of men and restoring and reclaiming masculinity, this does not mean we're trying to discredit or harm women. Somewhere along the way, there's been this disconnect. In fact, now I'll try to, I'll speak for our whole field. We're advocating for loving and protecting our women. We're advocating for honoring them and being the best men that we can be for them, for our families, to better the world, and indeed to save mankind. Women can be respected and treated fairly and valued without that taking from us, and vice versa. Another thought that I wanted to expound upon, men and women are not equal. That is simply truth. We are the same species, but we have distinct biological differences. We're designed for our own specific purposes. We are designed for our own specific purposes. One is not better than the other. We complement each other and we rely on each other for different things. Men cannot give birth or breastfeed a child. However, men are designed to protect and provide for that pregnant or breastfeeding mother and child. This is not sexism. It is the way. It has always been the way. And no matter what we try to do, it will always be the way. The guidelines are listed in the article and I address each one. There are 10 of them. I actually think that the guidelines are, are pretty solid. They're pretty progressive, but I think that the damage comes when they're taken out of context. I think that they do need a little bit of work as far as their definitions and how it's being communicated to the public, because this is a public document. But still, I think this can be a step forward. So what do you guys think about these guidelines? What does it mean for men? And how can men strengthen themselves? What does that mean to you? If you hear what I'm saying, if you agree with me, if you want to support the collective and the growth of the men collective, then if you could, please leave a rating and a review on this podcast. Share it with your friends. Tell your father, your brother, tell your male coworkers. Spread the word. This is how we grow. On iTunes, the more ratings and reviews you get, the higher the ranking, and therefore the more men can be reached. So if you could take the time, I would really appreciate that. Thank you very much, and take care.